Welcome to the Life Central Podcast. It is so good to have you come and connect with us again this week. We trust that this session will be helpful to you in your faith journey. Good morning and welcome, ladies. This morning, being Father's Day, it's all about the dads today. It's all about the guys. Uh, We are giving a message today specifically aimed at the guys. However, I'm going to ask you to not check out just yet because I really do believe that in this message, there is some legitimate truth for you to be able to apply to your own life. So hang in there with us. And also you get to sit back and listen to what the guys should be doing. Gentlemen, man, I'm excited for this morning because I really believe that uh, this morning there is some, some incredible wisdom in here for you and for me. Whether you are a, a single guy, a married guy, uh, a father or not, uh, whether you are young, or whether you are slightly less young, this message is for you. Now, if we think about it, as human beings, we strive for success. Isn't that true? As men, we strive for success. And as we consider success and how success is portrayed in the marketplace today, Success is kind of made up of if I marry her, if I'm raising them, if I'm living there, if I'm riding or driving that, uh, if I'm in that corner office of this career, a man, then, then I've made it. Then I've made it. That is success. And this idea or this way of thinking of success can really be summed up in one word and it's the word autonomy autonomy now autonomy just means self-governing self-governing what does that mean Ramon well it means that I can do what I want when I want and I have the money to pay for it that's what it means and we've seen it we see it all the time we see it in our heroes whether it's our our heroes in the corporate space or whether it's our heroes in sports or our heroes in the arts. We see that kind of life lived out all the time. This this life that, that seems to be free from financial or relational restraints. Kinda can do what I want, when I want. <laughs> I got the money to pay for it. But then, so often, we, we see these exact same heroes. We see them fail. We see them fall. And we see them lose their families and their, their reputations. And, and as they are losing these things, there's, there's this little voice in the back of our heads that go, man, if that was me, I would do better. If, if I was in their position with that amount of money and that amount of freedom, man, I would do better. The day that I get to call the shots, I'm going to call all the right shots. Then we reach a certain age 
And we realized that, man, by now I was kind of hoping I'd be there, and I'm not there. And then we may even feel like success didn't quite happen the way that I was hoping it would. You know, it's, it's not big enough, or it didn't happen fast enough. So we start living with this, with this underlying dissatisfaction, this underlying frustration that we just haven't made it yet. And then something weird happens. We, we start to, to project our dissatisfaction, our frustration onto the people that we love the most, onto our loved ones, our wife, our kids, those people closest to us. And it's like we're just not happy with our marriage, with our children. We're not happy with our motorcycle or our car. We're not happy with our career path. But if we stop for just a moment and just stop to consider that maybe they aren't the problem. And maybe, just maybe, it may be that you aren't happy with you. Because if we're honest, you married her, you raised them, you bought it, and you chose that career. We start feeling a little lost in life. We do what we naturally do in those moments. We start running full tilt. We start racing off in any direction. And we just start moving faster and faster towards hoped-for autonomy, a hoped-for freedom. But you see, guys, there is a very fine line between free as you can be and prison. And there is a very fine line between free as you can be and addiction. And the quest for autonomy is such a dangerous quest. Because autonomy is this appetite that can't be fully and finally satisfied. It's like this thirst that can't be quenched. It's like trying to feed this this appetite and it doesn't shrink. No, it actually just grows. You see, autonomy is power. Autonomy is power. And power is intoxicating. And be honest, intoxicating people don't make very good decisions. Intoxicated people don't listen. People who are powering up don't listen. No, we just end up surrounding ourselves with with people who don't know how to say no. And in our pursuit for success, in our pursuit for autonomy, we're either frustrated because we aren't there yet, or we become disappointed and disillusioned when we get there. For a moment, stop and consider the life of David. Like, what do you know him best for? What do you know 
about the life of David. David, who would ultimately become the second king of Israel. But when I think of David, I, I think of this ruggedly handsome young shepherd boy uh, taking care of his father's sheep, um, really uh, fending off the lion and the bear and, and, and killing them and, and then going on and doing one of his most amazing exploits, which was killing Goliath, what you may know him best for and probably what I know him best for as well. I also think of how he would have won incredible battles for King Saul and the nation of Israel when he was a young man. But then for a minute, stop and, and think to yourself, when you think of King David, what do you know him for? All those things we know him for as young boy David, young man David, but as King David? What do you know him for? Well, to step into that space, we kind of engage with his life at around about the age of 50. He's been king of Israel now for about 20 years. And uh, he's a real man's man. You know, he's, he's established himself as this, as this warrior king. Um, he's... he's established his, his legacy by securing the borders of Israel and by maintaining peace. But if we're honest, he's not that cute anymore. And he's not that satisfied anymore. No, one night he's on the roof of his house and kind of walks over to the one section of his house and looks down and he sees his neighbor's wife having a bath and as he looks at this beautiful naked young woman uh, chances are it wasn't his first trip to that side of the roof it wasn't the first night that he was heading over to that side of the roof but it was the first night that he calls for one of his servants and he goes who is this find out for me more about her and his servant comes back and does something quite incredible his servant ultimately stops him or tries to stop him from doing what he would end up regretting most in his life his servant ends up responding to david in this way he, he comes back with this message he says she is Bathsheba, the daughter of a lion. She is Bathsheba, the daughter of a lion. What, what is the servant saying to him? King David, she is not just a body. She is somebody's daughter. He carries on. He says, and the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Again, she's not just some, she's not just a body. No, 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 no. She is somebody's daughter and She's somebody's wife. By the way, you know her husband, Uriah the Hittite. You guys have fought together. You've shared combat together. In fact, he's on the front lines right now fighting on your behalf, that Uriah. But David, by this stage of his life, he had a hard time 
listening to people. No, instead, David just responds like this. And he says, then David sent messengers to get her. And if you know the story, you'll know that that night, David and Bathsheba spent the night together. And chances are that they would have spent several nights together. And after a while, Bathsheba sends a message to David to say, I am pregnant. Uh, and David does what David would do in these sorts of situations by now. David powers up and David does whatever needs to be done in order for him to control the outcome. So David comes up with a plan. David shares his plan with Bathsheba and it appears that Bathsheba's okay with the plan and she goes along with it. So David sends a message to Joab, his military commander, and he says to him, send Uriah to me with an update on how the battle's going. And Joab sends Uriah to David. Joab, uh, Uriah gets to, to David. David has the conversation with Uriah. How's it going? Uriah gives the update to David. And when it's done, David smiles, congratulates Uriah, and then encourages him to go home and be with his wife. Right there, I can only imagine that inside of himself, as Uriah walked out of the room, David must have sighed a sigh of relief, like, okay, <laughs> calamity avoided. I've just controlled the outcome. But the next morning, David wakes up to news that he wasn't expecting. David wakes up to news that Uriah never went home. No, instead Uriah ended up sleeping at the, 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 the soldiers that were assigned to protect the king. That's what Uriah did. And David couldn't believe it. So, so David ends up sending this messenger out to go and find Uriah, to stop Uriah from leaving town. He calls him back so that he can have a conversation with Uriah. And here's what he says to Uriah. He says to Uriah, haven't you just come from a military campaign? Why didn't you go home? He's like, what's wrong with you, boy? And Uriah knows exactly what David is getting at. So he says to David, he says, the ark and Israel and Judah are staying in tents. And my commander Joab, and my Lord's men are camped in open country. What's he saying? Hey, all the men that I've shared combat with, they're all living with their faces in mud. And he carries on and he says, how could I go to my house to eat and drink and make love to my wife? As surely as you love, I will not do such a thing. Guys, let's hit pause there for a moment. This is a man worth imitating. 
This is a man worth imitating. Guys, this is, this is the man that your wives hopes that she married. This is, this is the kind of man that you hope one day your daughter will marry. Young men, single men, this is the kind of man that you should strive to be like. So David insists that Uriah spend another night in town. And ultimately he invites Uriah over that night, throws him a bit of a, a banquet, some really good food. And he gets him drunk. He gets him sloshed, proper hammered, kind of points him in the direction, pushes him out the door towards home and instructs him, go home. And in that moment, David is hoping with all the hope inside of him that Uriah would do what David would do if David was in Uriah's position. But you see, Uriah isn't David. And David has lost his way. And he's nothing like Uriah. But in the evening when Uriah went out to sleep on his mat among his master's servants, he did not go home. You see, what Uriah was busy doing here was he was deciding what story his life would tell. Guys, what story do you want your life to tell? When your kids one day tell the story of who you are, what story do you want them to tell? When those who are closest to you tell the story of you, tell your life story, what story do you want them to tell? Because you see, and you've heard us say it here several times, we write our stories one decision at a time. And yes, some, some decisions carry more weight than others, but ultimately, every decision that we make becomes a permanent part of the story of our lives. What story do you want your life to tell? What legacy will you leave? Well, having lost control of the situation, David does the unthinkable. And David ultimately does what pre-King David would have condemned him for, would have kicked his own backside over. In fact, David does what any of us would have condemned anyone for. He resorts to behavior that he would ultimately wish he never did for the rest of his life. Behavior that he would regret for the rest of his life. In the morning, David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it with Uriah. In it, he wrote, put Uriah out in front where the fighting is fiercest. Then withdraw from him so he will be struck down and die. And unfortunately, Joab obeys the king. And Uriah is killed along with some of his fellow soldiers. 
When Uriah's wife heard that her husband was dead, she mourned for him. After the time of mourning was over, David had her brought to his house and she became his wife and she bore him a son. But the thing David had done displeased the Lord and everyone knew it. And what David had planned in secret was now played out in public. And he permanently undermined his credibility and his legacy. Think about it for a moment. What else do you know about David as king? As king, this is what we remember him for. Not as shepherd boy David. There we remember incredible exploits. But as king, we remember Bathsheba. This event would mark and mar his reputation forever. But worse than that, worse than, than losing his credibility as king, David permanently undermined his moral authority with his children. And this, guys and ladies, is, is so important. His affair with Bathsheba didn't cost him his crown, but it cost him his family. Ultimately, the baby dies. His, his eldest son, Amnon, ends up raping his half-sister. And David, what does he do? Nothing. Why? Because he has lost all credibility with him. He's lost his moral authority. Uh, his favorite son, by the way, you shouldn't have a favorite son, but his favorite son, um, Absalom, ends up taking revenge for his sister, killing Amnon, and again, David does nothing. And because he, he won't discipline Absalom or, 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 or go and reconcile with Absalom, Absalom ultimately raises up an army, marches against the city, and David is forced to go to battle against his own son. Against David's instructions, Joab ends up killing Absalom. And right there, David is in a position where he's now lost three sons, his heart broken, all his dreams for them are, are gone with it. And yes, he holds on to his crown, but he has lost his family. But you see, if we're honest, David's story didn't start where we started it. That part of his life did not start where we started it. No. All of this started here. It says, in the spring, at the time when kings go off to war, David sent Joab out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. Uh, these were his brothers. These were the men that he'd bled with, that he'd gone to battle with. These were the men that knew, knew him the best. These were the men that, that came up into power with him. 
These men had access to him before he was king. In the spring, at the time when kings go off to war, David sent out with the king's men, Joab with the king's men, and the whole Israelite army. But David remained in Jerusalem. Ultimately, David remained isolated and alone. You see, David got in trouble when he isolated himself from the community of the men to whom he was most accessible. Gentlemen, autonomy is a lie. Self-governance is a lie. And it's an unworthy goal. I, I so want to encourage you today. Resist surrounding yourself with, with people who will tell you what you want to hear and not tell you what you need to hear. Give people who, who aren't expecting to get something back from you, give them access to you. Give people who will be honest with you, who will tell you the truth, access to your daily life. You see, autonomy will leave you isolated and vulnerable. And you may not lose your crown. You may not lose your crowning achievements. You, you may not lose the things that are, that are like tangible as far as your rewards of success are concerned. But you may lose your soul. You may lose your legacy. And you may lose your family. You see, you were not created for autonomy. You were created for community. I was not created for autonomy. I was created for community. And today, if you're a Jesus follower, you're part of a body. And when a part of a body goes rogue, we, we diagnose it and we, we call it diseased. And ultimately, we cure it or we cut it out. You see, autonomy is an appetite that can't be fully and finally satisfied. It is a thirst that cannot be quenched. And if God sees fit to make you a king in, in, in the marketplace or in academia or in the arts or athletics, awesome, fantastic, good for you. But when that day comes, gentlemen, keep those who knew you before the success, who know you closest, who've had most access to you, keep them close. And in the springtime, when kings go to war, suit up and go with them. You were not made for autonomy, no. You were made for community. Embrace that. 
and you will survive, you will thrive, and you will have a story worth telling. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you, Lord, that this is such a very, very real truth for any one of us, Lord. Father God, I thank you that you have created us with community in mind. You have created us with accountability in mind. You created us to walk alongside each other, to not allow ourselves to get hung up in our own success, to be removed from people who can walk and journey with us, who can point out when we're getting a little too full of ourselves, when, who can point out when our eyes are heading to the wrong side of the roof. And Father God, I thank you that you will stir up a desire inside of every man watching this today to keep himself accountable, to keep himself in that community, engaged in that community where we can lovingly and firmly walk this road of life together, Lord. That we can be like the Uriah, that we can do what is right in your eyes, and that we can support each other to do the same, that we can stand up and be men that are counted, that we can stand up, love our wives, take care of our children, provide for them, and be the fathers, the husbands that you have called us to be. And that's my prayer of your men today. And we pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for being with us today. Trust that this has been an encouragement to you. Ladies, you're up next week. We look forward to seeing you then. Have a great week. If you enjoyed this session and you'd like to know more about us, then please come and connect with us through our website, our social media platforms, and come subscribe to our YouTube channel. All the links are listed below. Beyond that, we trust that you have an incredible week.